I'm Julie Mason. You're in the press pool. It's Wednesday, May 1st. Boy, this series really is getting a lot of attention and it's definitely worth our talking about. Let's bring on Larry Seams. He, hi, Larry. How are you doing? Hi, Julie. Good. How are you? I'm great. Larry is director of the Freedom to Write and International Programs at Penn American Center. He's author of The Torture Report, What Documents Say About America's Post-9-11 Torture Program. And he's also the man behind the Guantanamo Memoirs. Tell me about this. How did this even come about? What an incredible story, Larry. Well, it came about because in 2005, a detainee named Mohamedou Ould-Slahi sat down to write a book about his experiences in U.S. custody. Uh, he wrote it over a period of a year. Um, he, every time his attorneys would visit him, he would hand them another sheaf of papers. Uh, it's written longhand in English, which is a language he learned in Guantanamo. And uh, so as of the middle of 2006, his attorneys had this complete manuscript, which, you know, is this remarkable kind of testament uh, to not only one of the worst uh, kinds of, one of the worst interrogations and tortures of a detainee in Guantanamo, but also of a kind of remarkable uh, endurance in humanity. That manuscript sat, you know, uh, under government, uh, sort of under government restriction until last year when the government finally, after litigation from its attorneys, um, allowed the, the, the production of a somewhat redacted manuscript, and that's the one that we have now. This is the first time that any of the manuscript has been, you know, shown publicly, and, and Slate is running it this week, and uh, with three excerpts over the next three days. Larry, how did the manuscript get from the hands of his attorneys into the um, into the custody of the U.S. government? Well, I mean, I think, uh, I assume it's because, you know, he was giving it to his attorneys, but everything that goes into the hands of attorneys from Guantanamo detainees um, passes through the hands of the government. Uh, and then they can hold it, uh, the, the, the attorneys are allowed to hold it, but you know, under under classification, so they're not able to release it publicly. Um, so they, like I said, they have had this manuscript for about six years, but only only last year was it actually cleared for public release in a redacted form. And uh, they gave me the manuscript um, uh, last year, and and I've been looking at it and reading it and pondering it and 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 uh, working with it over the past year, and uh, finally. You know, contacted Slate and they asked if they would want to do some excerpts, and, and that's what's running this week. So, tell me about this detainee. He's Mauritanian. He is Mauritanian. He um, he's the eighth of thirteen children of a camel herder. He got a, a scholarship uh, when he was eighteen years old to study engineering in Germany. Uh, so, left home at eighteen, went to Germany. He was there in the early nineties, and like many young Muslim men at the time, he took some time out from studying and went to Afghanistan um, and joined Al Qaeda at that time, um, and, which was fighting the, the sort of the, the communist government in, in Kabul. And he fighting the Russians trained, wasn't it at that time? Wouldn't he be fighting? Well, the Russians, the Russians were out, and this was the sort of rump uh, communist government in mm. in uh, Afghanistan. And uh, and so he trained in uh, one year and then went back for another year and actually you know fought uh, saw some action I think in the last battle of that of that civil war, but uh, but you know left Al Qaeda went back to Germany finished his studies um, and lived and worked um, you know as an electrical engineer in in Germany through the 90s, and then um, then he left went for about two months he tried to 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 get work in in Montreal stayed in Montreal for a couple of years right around the millennium and then went back to Mauritania 
Uh, and that's where he was living when he was uh, called for questioning uh, shortly after 9-11. And from what I understand, he'd been called for questioning a number of times and it didn't come to anything. And so you, you report that he... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're right. He had. He, um, it's interesting. One of the things that Slate has is an interview that I do with Colonel Morris Davis, who is the chief prosecutor of Guantanamo uh, in 2006-2007. And, and, you know, Colonel Davis had to deal with Slahi's case. And, you know, he describes him as, you know, sort of a Forrest Gump-like character, that he was, he, he was in a lot of places where there was al-Qaeda activity. Um, he had a, a, occasional contact with some of the people who... Uh, you know, who, who, who turned up in al-Qaeda plots. Um, but, uh, but there, you know, as, as Mo Davis reports, he was looking some, in 2007 for something, anything to charge Slahi with, got together all of the intelligence services, CIA, FBI, uh, military intelligence, and at that time they all agreed that, uh, you know, that, that there was, they had nothing on him, there was no evidence that he had participated in any terrorist plots or activities. And indeed, Slahi won his habeas corpus case in 2010 before a federal judge who concluded the same thing. Robertson notes in a footnote in, in a legal opinion that Slahi probably didn't even know about the 9-11 attacks. Right, exactly. Now, that the Obama administration has appealed that ruling because uh, between the time that Slahi brought his case and it was decided by the judge, there were some conflicting decisions by, by other D.C. Circuit uh, and other D.C. Circuit habeas cases about what the standard was for enemy to, to be considered an enemy combatant, and that standard changed uh, by the time his decision was made, and so an appellate court has sent it back down to have the case reheard. So that's where it stands. He, there's that's been the, no, no charges against him. It's just they, never. Don't, they just seem to not like him. Well, I mean, that's a really interesting question. I think, um, I think that there were, they must have been absolutely convinced that, that he knew more than he knew. Um, and there was a kind of stubborn persistence to his interrogation that was, you know, went all the way up to the top levels of the Pentagon. The most interesting thing about his account in the, in the Slate series is that everything he says, everything he describes as happening to him, we know happened because we have declassified government documents that that um, that map out and then record exactly the interrogation that he describes. He was the subject. He was one of two quote unquote special projects that uh, that the the Pentagon put together. The first was um, a guy named Mohammed Al Qatani, who was interrogated in much the same way and in isolation with these you know brutal twenty hour interrogations, long term sleep deprivation. Uh, temperature manipulation, and then just kind of a string of endless, you know, ridiculous uh, humiliations. Um, and in fact, that that uh, that interrogation sparked a kind of rebellion within the Pentagon. Uh, uh, the, the chief counsel of the Navy, a guy named Alberto Mora, waged this kind of internal battle to get Rumsfeld to rescind the authority that he'd given uh, military interrogators to do these techniques. He won that battle when Rumsfeld rescinded those uh, those that order that authorized those techniques in, in January of 2003. And yet, the very next day, the Pentagon was circulating an interrogation plan for Slahi that looked exactly the same. So they had no intention of stopping. And uh, and so in the in the excerpts, it traces you know the the the, the most harrowing part is about a year worth of of, of just really calculated, prolonged, um, abusive uh, torture of, of Muhammadu al-Qaqani.
Larry Seams is director of the Freedom to Write and International Programs at Penn American Center, author of The Torture Report, What Documents Say About America's Post-9-11 Torture Program. Do check out this week on Slate, the Guantanamo Memoirs of Mohamedou Old Slahi. Uh, Larry Seams, thanks so much for joining me in the press pool. Thank you so much for having me, Julie.